0: What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Pray here with my co-host, the ever-fabulous Alex Felice. And today we have, uh, well, a special treat. We have Jason Drees on the show, which I'm super excited about. So Jason's in gobundance with me and I've gotten to do a uh, – we've done like a mindset tribe call uh, for the last couple of months that's been really cool and really helped me think outside my uh you know, my box, so to speak, as well as uh, some financial mindset stuff. It's been really eye opening for me, just those few calls. And obviously, he's run around the bigger pocket circuit, just published Do the Impossible through the bigger pockets world. He's done over 5,000 hours of coaching, over 10,000 coaching sessions, and he is. Uh, I don't uh, the mindset guy in the real estate space. I think, and, and I know he's not real estate specific, but uh, it just I think that it just kind of skews that way because of the people he's found himself around. But uh, so this is this is super exciting to me, and I'm really excited to have you on the show, Jason. So uh, welcome, buddy. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle 1, you're cleared to depart friendly lines. Roger. Vic
1: 1, Oscar Mike. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in, and we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes, we're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing we bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do and will really help you out and we let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them and then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com.
2: And we'll send you some more information thanks David thanks for the invite um, the, the real estate guy it's kind of funny i 'm not even in real estate <laughs> but i'm excited to talk today
0: yeah, uh, you want to give uh, you know i don't know that i 've ever actually asked you the the background how did you get into coaching and and i mean obviously this has kind of blown up for you over the last few years it appears
2: but uh, yeah yeah
0: you know, i'd love to hear the backstory on that
2: yeah i was um, I was in sales you know I dropped out of civil engineering <laughs> That was never going to happen. Went into sales, was in business-to-business technology sales for a long time. I um, started, um, founded my first startup company, which was manufactured race car driver cooling suits, believe it or not. We made these cool suits, these shirts with bladders in them and stuff like that. Um, And then I was looking to accelerate the business. I hired a Tony Robbins coach. And after hiring a Tony Robbins coach, uh, one day my coach asked me, have you ever thought about becoming a coach? And That day, I remember it clearly. was in 2012. I was like, I got struck by lightning, and ever since that day, I'm like, I knew I was going to become a coach.
3: That's fascinating. That was just like that. You never thought about it, and then you thought about it, and it worked.
2: Yeah, it was. It it was like struck by lightning. I said, I know I'm going to be a coach. I didn't know how. Um, I started going that direction, and literally six months later, I was invited into the Tony Robbins Coach Training Program. It's funny how the world works like that. It's also funny how if I that's what happened, you're just lucky. Lucky? I don't know. It it wasn't easy getting here, right? There was like, now from there to here was, was hard, right? Probably the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, I had people telling me, you're crazy. Why are you leaving a good bank paying tech sales job? Why are you doing this? And I just, uh, and I realized that like literally in 2014, we were on food assistance from the state. Um, We had two small boys under two boys under age four. You know, my wife comes home from the grocery store saying her card was declined and somebody bought us groceries, you know, Um, and I realized, and and I was pressure from everybody to get to, to get a job. And, and I tried to get a job, but it wasn't really landing him at that time. I didn't want one, but I realized if I had given up on becoming a coach, I would be lowering my standard for the rest of my life. But more importantly, I would be lowering the standard for my two young boys for their entire life. So I knew that I was supposed to call on this path because I knew that I had more potential that I was supposed to be playing life at, and being in a sales job was not bringing that out. The coaching was bringing it out, so I knew I had no choice but to go that way.
3: How do you tell somebody that thinks that they're supposed to do something, but it's obviously scary, and you have, you know, you have a lot of short and midterm responsibilities, and the whole world's going to call you crazy? You know, I've been somewhat successful at finding my own way, but not not as successful as I know that I could be. And there's things that I maybe not avoid, but it's scary and you and i know i also know that here in hindsight it's very easy to seem convicted but at the time it must have been a very a very difficult sort of path it was extremely difficult so <laughs> how do you can, you can you expand on that a little more yeah
2: um on on what to tell somebody else is that what your question is or like or the, the path
3: yeah like how do you yeah like how do you know that you're right and everybody else in your social group that's telling you to do something else is wrong that's not an easy way to
2: go. It's not. And we, we, we have two primary sources of information as a human being. We get, our, we get thinking and we get knowing, right? Thinking and knowing. One of these is socially conditioned because your brain is literally a computer that catalogs everything that's put into it now. And you end up living your life moving forward based on the past. That's one of the challenges. But there's also that calling inside you. Some of us hear it more loudly than other people do but the fact is we were all born to be great we're conditioned to be average and we're wired to avoid pain <laughs> right so it's like this weird combination but that's the journey of of being a human right is growth and expansion and and it really just comes down to how can you how if you go forward 20 years 30 years 40 years and you don't give it all you got, how are you going to feel? Right? So everybody has to tackle that journey themselves because literally every person, the way I like to think about this is everybody is climbing their own mountain, right? You're climbing a mountain, right? Here's a mountain. And you're driving and I'm climbing the Jason mountain and, and you're climbing the, you know, the Alexander mountain and David's climbing the David mountain. And we're all giving each other advice, but we're all on different mountains. Then you've got the bottom of the mountains, Right where everybody's average is hanging out. Why are you going up there? You could fall, right? So you get the, the collective is average. If you're average, your life is going to suck, right? But if you're average, there are TV shows to show you your average. There are medications. There are special pills to make you feel better. But there, there isn't the support to being great. Greatness is like a choice. Like, are you going to play at your full potential? Or are you going to be average? And to do that, you have to conquer all the fears about climbing that mountain. And no one is going to notice you're climbing that mountain when you're at the bottom. And it may take years and years. And people will be like, what are you doing up there? That's, you stop wasting your time. You've been on that side of the mountain for like two years. What are you doing? Come down here. But you're like, I know I'm supposed to be up there. Because then when you get to the top, the other person's far away, right? Because the next mountain's way over here. So it's hard to see the other people climbing the mountain. But we all have that potential in us. I like that analogy and I like that you mentioned the like 40 years from now, what are you going to regret?
0: So uh, when I was a recruiter for the military, you know, people are always this, that, the other, and and family members are always trying to tell their kids not to go to the military and there's all this pressure. And that was actually one of the ways that I used to frame it for him. was like, well, look, man, as you're thinking through this, just 30 years from now, are you going to regret joining or are you going to regret never trying? And you know, whichever one of those you think is going to be the one that you regret more like, well, there's your answer. So um uh, it's a cool it's a cool way to think through it.
2: It it is. And and I was actually on a team call with my coaches uh, a couple hours ago and I was talking to them that, you know, right now life's pretty intense for me, you know. Um the business is growing. Besides business, I have four boys under age eleven <laughs> and eleven, nine, six, and four, and they're awesome and I love them. Um and it's a lot at home. At the same time, the business is growing or close to 30. we went from like one employee to thirty employees in like eighteen months. I've got a live event next week. I'm writing my second book right now. And I'm managing the team and all this stuff at the same time. It's overwhelming. But, and I was talking to my team and I was like, it's completely and totally overwhelming right now what I'm doing. Like to the point where I stop and I just breathe. (sighs) Just so intense. Would I want to do anything else? No. Because what I've discovered is that the satisfaction of knowing that I'm playing at my absolute potential is far more satisfying than any reward, any money. It's the most satisfying thing in life. And the thing is the only person who will understand that is me. It's this, the only person will know what it's like to be me is me. So that's really the most satisfying thing. And once I tasted that, that's what matters to me. Do I give it all I've got?
3: It's inherently like a, like a lonely road. Because it's you, like you said, it's like when you do what's right for you.
2: Everybody's path is different. The only true guidance you get is from yourself. And your guidance may completely contradict social conditioning and what everyone else says to do. So really the biggest obstacle to following your own path is everything that you've been conditioned to believe is true. All of your business experience, all of your success, all of your schooling, all of your old, your old success models that you used in the past, all of that stuff is literally the limitations of your future.
0: That's super cool. Uh, Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about like the mental limitations, right? Because um, I I felt this way a lot over the last few years, like, uh, you know, almost like there's a governor, right? That was put on me by I don't know myself probably um you know and i've used that analogy before where it's like you know you know the car could go 150 miles an hour but it's stopping at 110 well why well because there's this one little piece of code that's telling it that's enough and without taking that out and i've felt that before with not going all in on uh various things in life and, and one of the things that i've really struggled with over the last couple of years is uh that I'm finally getting a little bit better at is imposter syndrome. And uh, man, that has held me back so much just sitting around going, oh, you know, nobody's going to, nobody's going to read this. Nobody's going to, who's going to care if I talk about this or say this thing. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny when you look back on some of those things, you're like, wow, why did I let that little
2: fear or little inhibition stop me from uh, doing this so much sooner? Do you want me to, would you like me to turn around imposter syndrome for you for the rest of your life right now in this moment, David? Yes. <laughs> imposter syndrome basically means your success that you've created in life has outgrown and outpaced the, your identity of yourself. So imposter syndrome is a fantastic thing definitely never okay, thought about that right right way. it is true right like i've created more success than i think i should have that means that's good right that's a good thing now let's let my identity catch up but then we all have that like like literally the biggest obstacle and i'm really starting to explore this idea of like when you start living your life because so many like not good enough is the core human condition and everyone has to deal with it and some people will go their whole lives but there there's no there's no neutralizing or solving not good enough. It's just a part of you. It's just the way it is. And we all like come into our own, like, and we all, we all end up shut down. Like you said that you live kind of shut down for a long time. I remember when I was in eighth grade, graduated junior high, I got my yearbook and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to high school, you know, cause in my high school, junior high was six, seven, eight. And then everybody was signing my yearbook and I get home, I start reading my yearbook and everybody says, you're weird. Jason, you're weird. You're strange. And I was like, wait a second. I'm being me. I'm having fun. How am I possibly weird? And I and I realized in that moment, the way I was being was not getting the response I wanted out of other people. So starting in high school, I started shutting down who I am. And I started adapting my behavior to get people to respond to me in a different way. And that was literally in 1990, 89, 90. And I would say I probably didn't come out of that till literally... 2013, uh, 2013, literally 10 years ago, because so many of us are living our lives in self-judgment and resistance. Like your life doesn't begin until you stop judging the, the vehicle that you're in, the vessel. When you, when you get to self-acceptance, then life starts to begin.
3: How, um, how much do you consider yourself rebellious in nature? Extremely.
2: A ton. I'm a mismatcher.
3: Yeah. So I'm resonating with this and I'm, I'm a, I'm a deeply, I feel like I'm a deeply rebellious person. So I feel like I identify with a lot of these, like a lot of what you're saying. And I wonder if it sort of, I'm wondering now if it sort of takes some of that and I wonder how much of that is like, it's, it affects people some more than others. Some people are more naturally inclined to be like, okay, I'm right. Everybody else is wrong and I can be me and you don't have to like it. And the world will work out for me because of that early. And then some people have to force it more.
2: Well, we all have different personality styles. Um, Like from a coaching perspective, the most commonly one I've seen in coaching is called disc profiles. And if I look at disc profiles, one of my traits is I'm a high eye disc profile. High eyes talk a lot. It also makes me read emotion on people really easily, but it also makes me want everybody to like me. Like it's, I, I, I just want, no matter what, how much self-acceptance I do, I still want people to like me at the same time. One of my values is independence. So I strive to do it own my, my own way. But at the same time, I want people to like me and everybody has a unique personality style they're operating from, which is their greatest strength and their greatest handicap at the same time. I'm so glad you said
3: that. David, do you know the disc profile? I know well the disc
0: profile okay. well enough to put your I? ID. You're a you're you're probably like a, a hundred million D, and then like a I don't know seventy or eighty I. So D is like the the drive, like the Driver. the go 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 whatever. Um, John's John's a super high D, so that type of personality. Uh, I am very similar. It sounds like to Jason, oh, which is a super 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 high I, and then I'm probably like a sixty seventy D, and and none of the <laughs> others. Yeah, none um, of the others.
2: They're in the toilet
0: for me. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's cool to hear you say that because that is something like Alex calls me out on it every now and then. And I think it is because of the personality difference because Alex sees it and he's like, dude, why do you care? And it's like, I, I, I'm trying not to care. I'm trying so hard not to care, but it's there like no matter what, you know, like there is still this piece of me that cares, you know, like I want people to like me. And it's it's a weird thing to try to battle to be like, nope, don't care about that opinion, but I really do.
2: I just <laughs> – but coupled with that is your ability to read people.
3: I play this game with David where I tease him, and then, um, and then he explains himself to why he did the thing that I'm teasing about, and then that, and then I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But he also can always win you over anytime he wants to. Because high eyes, high, high D. Because I'm actually high D, high I. But high D's are like freight trains, right? But high eyes are like. Hot. they're they're literally wired into the emotions of other people, so they can win over anybody
3: how how much do you you said you use this in in coaching like do you find it valuable to that, do you think other people should use these uh, personality tests? I find myself coming back to them more and more as the years goes by um, they're sort of flawed obviously, but they also they can provide a lot of self uh, insight into self awareness so i'm curious how much um it, like, is it a cornerstone, something for your information? Or is it, is it something that's useful for everybody? Should, should more people be paying attention to learning sort of how they and other people are?
2: It was more of a cornerstone in the old coaching style I used to operate from. Um, because I didn't know how to shape reality like I do now, which is above personality. Because um, now I'm coaching at the level above mindset. Um, it's a it's a great validation of who you are certain personality styles will be radically helped by understanding how they operate because there's certain styles that have opposing energies. And when they understand that they can be a lot more efficient. Um, DISC profile, I think is great. Everybody um, should take a disc, disc profile because it helps understand your style. And when you're a leader, understanding disc profile of your team helps you teach, helps you learn how to communicate in a way that other people can hear. Like we run disk profiles on our nannies. So that's cool. I've, I've actually, uh, I love
0: the disk profile. And so, so I, you know, obviously you can, you can also look at it and kind of determine like, like a, like a high I, high D is, is generally your better sales salesman, right? Um, That kind of personality. I'm sure there's a difference, but I've actually been joking uh, not really joking but saying for years and I've got a couple friends at the recruiting command for the Marine Corps that I'm trying to like nudge this way to say hey if if you guys want to actually succeed as recruiters like and and the mission you should have all of the top recruiters in the entire country take the disc profile they're all going to have probably right around the exact same personality and then you just have everybody who gets promoted to the rank that you require take that test and those are the people you pull. Because right now, recruiting is like, you're it, you're it, you're it, you're it. And then they wonder why half the people show up and they're like, nobody wants to be this guy. So nobody's talking to him about the military.
2: <laughs> yeah. When you understand DISC, you understand how to motivate people, right? D's want control, I's want connection, S's want stability, and C's want rules and standards, right? So you can you can re- really easily shift your audience, and find their motivation that way.
3: Okay. I don't want rules. I know that more than anything in the whole world, I don't want any rules. I want to break rules as soon as I see them. Yeah. Just putting that out there.
2: Yes. My, my C is also basically negative. Um, my life is chaos because of the lack of that. So I have people on my team that are high there to balance my my EA, who like is my savior in my life. She's the opposite of me. So she helps... Man, because I can't keep track of shit. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: <laughs> Same. My my EA, ironically, uh, I don't say we butt heads, but like personality wise, there's a little bit of, you know, be, it, I think because of that, like she is a very high SC. And, you know, um, sometimes that I'm like, uh, how do I like it, it? Yeah. I have to like remind myself like, OK, just exactly what needs to happen. Outlaid. You know, we're good. Um, yeah. get, I want to. Can I go back real quick? So you said something about now you're coaching at the level above mindset. And I'm curious what that level is. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone articulate that before. It is the
2: level above mindset. Um, For the, you know, life is changing, right? Life is changing. Like it's, our society is changing. But life itself is different than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. Like, have you noticed now that personal growth is no longer optional, right? <laughs> you, you could, you you know, I remember like in the 90s, you could ignore your personal growth for five years and just stuff it in the closet, right? But now it's it's not. Personal growth is like there. And this, this process I discovered on how to coach above that level started about five to seven years ago. Um, but the simple way to describe it is, let's just imagine I was creating a diagram here. I'm going to give you a simple diagram. So for example, let's say we've got a small circle that says action, right? As human beings, when we want something, we know we need to take an action. Action will get us what we want. Now, if we know what the action is, it works. But what happens if we're, if we're not getting what we want? The action's not working. We need to, to think about it differently. So we have one circle here. Now let's have a bigger circle around that. Well, the bigger circle, we'll call that mindset, right? So action and mindset. So the actions you take are based on the mindset, right? Your mind, right? It controls your hands. So your mindset determines the ideas, the thoughts, the experience, the thoughts, the strategies that you were able to execute. Now, if you are trying to do something you haven't done before, I'm trying to get a second income, I'm trying to buy a property, I'm trying to raise money, I haven't done it before, I don't know how, that is beyond your mindset. You don't know what the strategy is. And a lot of times we start copying other people's strategies and things like that. What I've noticed though, is that life responds to us Right? Have you ever noticed life responds to you? There's times when life goes great and you can't lose, and there's times that life sucks and you can't win. I've discovered what I believe is how life responds to you. and if we if we if we kind of regress back to seventh grade science class, we're all made of atoms, which is pure energy, which is ninety nine point nine 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 percent free space, right? It's, it's not even solid, which is really hard to comprehend. We know we're pure energy. so, Does it make sense that this being of person of pure energy that is interacting with this reality that's also pure energy responds to them? Does that make sense? Well, sure, right? And then we call it law of attraction. Yes. Am I talking about law of attraction? Yes. But I don't use law of attraction because when I hear law of attraction, I I think about meditating in the front yard and waiting for the Amazon truck to show up, right? But But that's not how life works. It's a full process. So what I discovered is like, you know, you've got action, you've got mindset. And before I started to access this level above that, that's the only way I could coach. Well, if the action wasn't working, you need to find, a, you need to find an off-market deal. Okay, well, how are you going to find one? Well, you're like, I could knock on doors and cold call. Well, okay, well, then go cold call. And the client would say, I don't like cold calling. And I'd say, why not? And they'd say, because I don't like rejection. And then I would say, well, what kind of man are you going to be if you don't cold call, right? So I would force negative leverage to force, I'd use negative leverage to force misaligned action, right? Because that resistance to cold calling is an intuitive resistance to that. It's misalignment, right? So what I discovered is that we've got action, we've got mindset. There's another circle around it, which I call frame. Frame is the frequency of you. And I know I'm jumping around, but I'll, I'll loop it together here. So the frequency of you, determines your thoughts. Like we've had times when you're in a happy mood and you have happy thoughts and sad moods and you have sad thoughts, right? So the frequency of you as a being determines the thoughts you have, which determines the actions you take. What I've also discovered is the frequency of you is how life responds to you. So to get what you want, all you have to do is align your frame with the frequency of you. And what happened is that our brains think that action creates your reality. But what It's actually backwards. Your reality creates your action. So the old coaching model, when I didn't have access to frame, I would coach people on mindset and action over and over again, just force action. Now what I do is I literally ignore action and move the client into a frame that's aligned with what they want. Because as soon as the the frame is aligned, it creates an aligned mindset that generates the right strategy that generates the right action it's automatic it's like a chainless because the law of attraction literally is the frequency of you as a vibrational frequency of you as a human being determines the thoughts you're, you're you're having and that determines the ideas and the strategies and the actions you'll take
3: is this sort of a really elaborate way of saying um i don't mean to i don't mean to oversimplify it i'm just trying to make sure i'm on the right track is this sort of like saying if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life sort of thing.
2: Well, that's a little bit different because doing what you love is following your internal guidance. And a lot of us are following our mental guidance too. But do n- not working a day of life is being in alignment with what you're doing. So most people out there are chasing something and they're taking actions and it's not working because they're in a frequency of reality where it'll never happen. So they're trying to solve with action, the mismatched reality. So instead of trying to force misaligned action, what you need to do is shift into a frame that's aligned and then it happens automatically. And literally this new process like invalidated 90% of the coaching tools I used in the past. You don't need them anymore. And as I've been doing this, my client, like I, I used this process to go from $100,000 in revenue in 2019 to a million dollars, grew my revenue ten. 10X the next year. I tripled it the year after that. And I took myself from me to 30 people on the team in about 20 months. And I'm 95% out of business operations. Like I use these tools all the time. So it's almost like that idea of the multiverse, right? There's an infinite number of parallel versions of you. Instead of becoming the, the one that has it, you shift to the version of you that has it. This this makes so much sense to me
0: actually because so I've been uh, you know talking to somebody and had had a few thoughts uh, you know some, somebody pointed something similar out to me a couple weeks ago uh, or months ago I guess at this point point. Um, and so while while I'm still absolutely working on it in this scenario I've seen it I've witnessed kind of the uh, exactly what you're talking about as far as like the shift where. Uh, so the wife and I had, you know, we were apart for a little while as far as like the military and goes and kind of a rocky spell, a little bit rough, whatever. Um, and I was really down on it. And the guy pointed out like, hey, you know, the fact that you're dwelling on it this way, thinking about it this way, and that's the energy you're putting out into the world is, is perpetuating this cycle. And so like challenged me to like, hey, you're going to think positively you're going to get rid of the, you know, all the, all the things you hear, but he, he said it in a different way. And I have noticed like a distinct difference week by week. If it's like, if I'm in a funk, like everything struggles and if I'm not, it's so much easier and everything goes so much smoother and it's I'm not necessarily doing anything different. It's just,
2: it know. is that easy. And, and, and I'll give you an example. And, and the process of shifting to an aligned frame, I call frame shifting is what I call it. Um, And I'll give you an example of what I actually call reverse frame shifting. We do it all the time. You're driving in your car, you hear a song from when you were 22 years old, you remember what a butthead you were to your somebody back then and you feel bad, right? (laughs) Like, and literally you're using your focus to focus yourself on a lower frequency version of yourself and you feel heavier and feel worse. That's like a reverse frame shift. What I'm showing people how to do is to focus into a version of you you haven't become yet. And with your focus and literally a minute exercise, you pull a line with that version of you.
3: Can I have, can I have the exercise, please?
2: Yes, Thank you. yes, yes. Yeah, I share it all the time. So what's a growth area for you, Alex, right now in business? Is there an area in your life where you're stuck?
3: I sort of want to be a full-time camera guy. And, and not into real estate anymore. I love it so much, more than anything.
2: So, and and David and I, we can have a conversation on the side. It's like, what are you doing going into photography? Like real estate's where the money's at, right? So on the outside, that's what we see. But what we can't see is the intuitive guidance that Alex's getting. He's like, there's an excitement there. Excitement means go that direction. Like my, when I decided to become a coach, it was exciting. And like, why would you quit your 150,000 a year job to go get a job that pays you 30, Right. Because, but what we don't realize is that when you follow your, your own unique path, money will show up. It doesn't matter what you do. Right. And as a coach, I make way more than I ever did in sales. So can you, so let's do, let's frame shift into more. Cause I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to jumping a little bit ahead here, Alex, but I'm guessing that like, you like being a camera guy. It's exciting. You're not sure how you're going to make the money because the real estate makes the money, but there's an exciting path for you. So that's, mm-hmm. that's somewhat accurate.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: So let's do a frame shift exercise. So the way you do a frame shift is like, can you get a sense? And what I mean by sense is we're at the stoplight, you know, you're looking straight ahead and you know that person's looking at you, but you're not looking at them. Right. We've all had that. We're not using one of our five senses, <laughs> but you can sense the presence. Right. Okay, that's what we're sensing. So can you, Alex, get a sense of a version of you anytime in the future who understands what I'm talking about in frame shifting at a greater depth than you do now?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I know what camera version of me looks like. I'm pretty sure.
2: Okay, you're jumping ahead. So, but just can you get a sense? Okay, so sorry. Get a sense, it's okay, it's okay. It's a new tool. So can you get a sense... Of a version of you in the future, tomorrow, a year from now, 10 years, whichever one, can you get a sense of a version of you in the future who understands frame shifting what I'm talking about more than you do now? Yes. Okay. Can you get a sense of a version of you in the future who understands frame shifting so well that if you wanted to, you could talk about it on a podcast and teach people how to do it? I think so, Okay, now, where is that frame? in relation to you physically? Is it front, back, up and down? Sense it, where is it? It's over there. Okay, to your right. Behind me and to the right. Okay, now, can you sense its presence of that frame, even though you're looking at me on the camera? Okay. Yes. Keep your attention on it, okay? And as a side note, for everybody's different. Me, it's in the front left. Some people, it's up, down. Now, let's just stack on it a little bit more, okay? Can you get a sense of a version of you in the future who makes more money than you ever thought you could being a camera guy? Yes. Said yes? Can you get a sense of a version of you that loves what yes. you're doing and real estate is just optional if you want to?
3: Easily, yes.
2: Okay. Can you get a sense of a version of you that knows how to make that transition in the funnest, easiest, most profitable way ever? Yes. Okay, now just keep your attention on that frame. We're going to go like 20 seconds here. Keep your attention on that frame. At this point, what that frame is, is irrelevant. You already said it. So you just keep your attention on the presence of it. Let's go another five seconds. So Alex, how are you feeling now? Motivated. What else? Um, how does your body feel?
3: I feel f- focused. Exc- uh, excited. Excited. Do you feel heavier or lighter? Um, I feel like I, like I'm about to... I feel like I'm going to go run. Okay. Awesome.
2: Good. Do you have any new thoughts on making that transition?
3: I feel like I'm just scared. Okay. Okay. I don't see the, I know like what it, I think I know what it looks like. I just don't know what it looks like tomorrow. And so I'm sort of like, you know,
2: okay. Sure. Okay. So first of all, the way you validate a frame shift is there's three, three indicators. So when you shift frames, there's a change in emotion. There's a change in confidence or certainty, and there's a change in, in feeling in your body. So we, I heard you said more focused, excited. So there was an increase in positive emotion. Your certainty increased, right? You've probably felt hundred percent certain your doubt decreased. Now you didn't know what to do. But you were focused anyway, and then you felt, you felt running like you'd want to go run, which is energized and full of energy, which is not heavy and sluggish. So let's just note right here, we shifted you into the frequency of the version of you that knows, that can do that. That's part of the equation. The second equation is following the process of life after you shift. Because the first thing that happened, and this is a fantastic example, we shifted you to an aligned frame. And the first thing that comes up is like fear. Right? Do you notice that? This is actually an amazing example because that's the next thing you need to integrate and process to move along your path, whatever that fear is. And that fear doesn't necessarily require intellectual resolution. Literally, you just need to feel it and sit with it and if you sit with it and breathe, it'll probably neutralize in a minute or so. So, and as we start to follow this path, I call this path your knowing, right? Following your knowing. Like David and I can clearly see that you're supposed to be a camera guy. We don't know what, but when you see him talk, like, don't you see it, David? He shifts, right? It's like there's a passion there. We know, we don't know where, we don't know what, but we know. And it may not even be a camera guy. You may be a big movie director, but it starts as a camera guy. This is the first step. So here's the other concept you want to understand is that there's known and unknown, right? You can go forward in the known and unknown. Here's the best example I can give you for known and unknown. You got somebody with a W-2. they went, They're in the military. They want to retire. They want to have money. They want to be real estate. And they read Brandon Turner's books and they're like, okay, I need 100 doors at 100 bucks a door and I can get $10,000 a month. And from now, I can make a plan for five to seven years to get my 100 doors in five to seven years. They, they can map that out, right? 100 offers, put, a, put 100 deals, 100 offers, 100 profit, offer, and you can map it back, okay? At the same time, that, that military guy knows that he could get in one deal in five months that could do the same thing. But he doesn't know how, right? So the way you do... <laughs> impossible things (laughs) is by blazing into the unknown. Most people live their lives in the known. So right now, this path for you, Alex, going that camera, is totally unknown. It's totally going to stretch you and it's going to be the most satisfying thing you've ever known as you start to climb your mountain. And here's the kicker though, your intuition is going to give it to you one step at a time. You try to do 12 months plan out That's your brain kicks in. It's not, you don't want that plan. You want like, so here, let me ask you this question. Alex, what's the, the most exciting step you could take anytime time in the next week to make major progress towards being a camera guy?
3: Film more. Turn the camera on. Turn the
2: camera on. How fast did that answer pop up? Was it like instant?
3: Yeah, instant. Yeah.
2: That it, that's, that's an intuitive answer, right? Boom. Boom. So start doing that. So this is not next week become a camera guy. This is the journey of becoming a camera guy. That's how you follow your own unique path as you start to trug up your mountain up there. That's a great example. But the frame shifting gets you to alignment, in it, and you're going to have to integrate all the stuff that comes up along the way. I've had clients who were making seven figures in business, and they their business stopped growing. And everything was functioning properly. The team, marketing, everything. And then after like six months of coaching, the thing that was holding them back was their relationship with themselves. Because as an energetic being, what you have in life is the the frequency of you today. If you want to have more money than you have now, that's a higher frequency financially. So the version of you that has a higher frequency financially is up here. You have to do the work to integrate from here to here. And the work that comes up along the way doesn't always make sense to our brain, but it's just what comes up. And it's usually fears and doubts. Past stories.
3: This is by far the best therapy session I've ever had. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Love to hear, to hear it. Love to hear it. I just
0: it. want to go on record saying that we've <laughs> there's, there are people on this podcast who have told Alex that he's got what it takes to be a an awesome camera guy. So I, I, when you were like, yeah, you and I see it. I was like, yep, yep,
2: seen it. But that's, but that decision to lean in is terrifying because you're leaving the safety of being average. And when you leave the safety of being average, you stand out and you get to a point when you start to shine, you're going to make other people, people feel bad because they're neglecting themselves in their path. And you're going to be an example of what they're not doing. I, yeah, I love this. Uh, this is awesome. So, and yeah, I,
0: I, I don't, I don't know if it, I almost feel like not asking another question just to like sit in this moment <laughs> and let it flow. But but this is but what I, I figured
2: out, like literally, and that's what's in this book. Like this, that's the foundation that, that's in this book. But this is like, I, I don't know how I figured out all this stuff, but the more I do it, like my, if you see me talk about it, I get I, I get full of energy. I'm supposed to be doing this. So, yeah, yeah. no, you absolutely lit up.
3: Dude this is um this is how I feel when I do when I shoot with somebody else and I know cuz my camera is about people and so when I'm with somebody and I'm doing it and I'm on a film and I'm doing something and I, and, and I'm I have this same a very similar symbiosis where I'm like okay I got you I'm in control of you I will make you look feel sound confident look your best and I'll make it epic and like I feel it just this way where I'm like in the same way you feel right now cuz I'm feeling it the same way where I'm like okay this is this is on another plane i'm this is my purpose that's how i feel that's how i know um yeah so it's really it's really fascinating because this is like uh it's layered it's meta you're doing it and then i'm feeling yeah. it the same way yeah um,
2: and yeah. it's a journey that you'll never get to the end to there's always another level so that's the that's the best advice I can give to somebody who's following the step footsteps of like doing their passion is it's a fall in love with the journey and not the end result.
3: Do you have any coaching clients that we know?
2: Probably. <laughs> well, there's this one guy with a beard <laughs> online besides Brandon <laughs> Turner and Matt Onafrio, Like those guys, <laughs> besides those guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those guys. And then, uh, I know my, my buddy, John is, is working with one of your coaches right now. So um yeah so i was going to ask what well, i had intended on asking you like what some of the most common uh like limiting beliefs or or limitations are that you see it, it sounds like we kind of just summarized the answer to that but i don't know if there's a different answer you would give in that context and if not then i'll i'll move on to another question there's
2: there's there's an infinite number of limiting beliefs describing the same thing like the the first way the first way you start to really live your life on your terms is to make a decision. This is what I call a game changing decision where you're just like, you're going to play the game no matter what, because you can be, let's say you want to play basketball and you're standing on the sideline, ready to go in. And then right in front of you, you see somebody just get elbowed in the face, get a nose broken, knocked down. And you're like, uh, and a lot of people, want to play the game are being called to play the game but they're 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 scared about losing and not winning and what could happen and breaking the nose so it's like you the first step and all the limiting beliefs start there about why they're not in the game but when you make the decision to play the game no matter what all of that fears about it go away and and rather than focus on limiting beliefs let's just focus on the things that stop people from playing given all they've got because we want Most people, if you ask them what level of their potential they're playing at, they're probably going to give you a small number, 20 to 60%, maybe 80%. And and if you ask why they're not playing at their full potential, they're going to give you answers like fear, doubt. They're going to give you emotional answers, right? They're emotions. So people end up come to coaching thinking, well, I have this fear. If I didn't have this fear, I'd be successful. If I, w- I, wasn't ang- I didn't have anxiety, I didn't have stress. If, and, they, and, and the human mind ends up thinking that the emotion is the reason we're not getting what we want and we're not playing at the level we want. But the reality is that the emotion that's coming up in the growth process is not the roadblock, the stopping the growth. It's literally the side effect and symptom of growth. As you grow to a higher frequency beyond your comfort zone, you're going to feel fear, doubt, uncertainty, worry. That's not the problem. That's the side effect. You cannot solve the side effects of there. Like if, you know, if you were going to train for a marathon, your feet are going to hurt, right? Like it's just, it's going to happen, right? So once you accept that those emotions are not the problem, they're the symptoms of growth. Oh, it's just, it's going to feel like that. Yeah. Keep going anyway. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. I love it. Uh, so
0: I want to be respectful of your time. So there is something that I wanted to touch on at least somewhat before we. So I know you're writing another book, and yeah. you have a financial mindset uh, event going on in a week and a half, two weeks. Which yeah, I'm really bummed about the date you chose because I was going to go, but it conflicts uh, with my own event locally. Uh, yeah, can't. I guess I guess it doesn't make sense to no-show something you're hosting. Um, you know maybe <laughs> next next year for sure but I've gotten to do some of the financial mindset exercises that you've put forth in in the go abundance group um could you kind of i guess i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna give you we don't ever let anyone plug but uh i would i would like you to plug i, I actually I don't even know if this is gonna this should come out before the before the event but if you could just give a, an overview of of kind of like what like the financial mindset concept and and the yeah. event and kind of what that looks like for, uh, for the listeners. Cause I think that's something that's um, you know, the idea of a the, thermostat's really cool.
2: Yeah. Like the, the amount of money that you have in your life is based on the financial frequency of life you're living in. So if you want to make more money, you need to start living in a different financial frequency of life the decision, the, the the first step to making more money is as simple as the decision to make more money. I was talking to a realtor at a talk I did a couple of weeks ago. He's like, I, I want to go from one house. It was an investor. I want to go from one property a year to 10 properties a year. And he asked me, how did I, how do I do that? And I said, learn how. And he said, I got to learn how I'm like, yeah, that's how you, yeah. So if you want to make more money, here's the secret on how to make more money. Learn how to make more money. Like literally, it's that simple. We learn stuff all the time. We learn new new, new phones, new apps, like all the time we're learning new things. But when it comes to learning new money, learning how to make money, ugh. well, you don't want to go look for jobs because you feel like shit in the job process. It's not We're not treated well in the job process. So who wants to go through that again? So most people end up living their life accepting the least amount of money that they'll tolerate doing what they want. Like it's, but we're capable of so much more. Our entire society is built on financial scarcity, like spending and savings and all of that all comes from people not living in a a frequency of financial abundance. And the thing you also need to understand is money is a process. You guys know, right? It's a process. You don't just say, I'm gonna go make more money. It's a process. And right now, all of us are in the process to making more money. But just because we don't see the end part of it doesn't mean we're not in the process. So the way you make more money is making a decision to make more money because if you're on this planet at this time, you're going to be spending five days a week making money anyway. You may as well put in an extra hour or two a day to figure out how to make more money because it's not that hard. And it's just, it's a trial and error. I've had like five companies. I've been sued in business. Like I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad 17 years ago and it took me 16 years to create the money I wanted. But it's a journey of process. And where most people don't understand is that the financial growth journey is intimately tied into personal growth. So if you're resisting the personal growth, you'll never get the money. It's wrapped in there. That's the that's my new book in uh, two to three minutes. <laughs> when, when do you think that one's going to come out? He asks, knowing that the moment you finish well, writing a book, it takes like another year. No, no. We're not going through a publisher that takes a year. We're going to self-publish it. I, I'm targeting being done writing with my partner by the end of July, and I'm going to publish it as soon as possible. So I, it should be out in the next three to four months. Oh, that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Are you going to sell any limited edition signed copies that I can buy?
2: <laughs> limited edition? I think I should now. Absolutely. Limited edition signed copies. Yeah.
3: I'll get David to biased. one
0: each. Yeah, there's there's Alex's real financial mindset solution. <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> oh man, Jason, what did we uh, what did we miss? Is there any is there anything that that we should cover in this that we have? I mean, we, I feel like we've kind of done some pretty broad strokes, and, and ultimately, uh, well, both of your books are are great you know, resources for anybody who's looking to learn more about this as well as obviously, you know, it's like, Hey, I happen to coach people for a living. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for more of this, people probably know where to go, but but, what are we, what are we missing?
2: Well, there's a lot, (laughs) there's a lot more. Um, but I, I would say that the other piece that really helps this journey is, is, is when you, move into a place of self-acceptance because who you are and the path you've had in life up till this moment is a combination of all of the frequencies involved. And maybe you had a conversation with God before this, or maybe your souls are on a journey. I don't know. We don't know whatever you believe, but we do know that the, the, the experience of life you have had is to give you, to make you who you are now. One of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life, well, ugh, politics, but like Supreme Court nominee hearings, right? 20 years ago, you did this. It's like, well, they're not looking at the 20 year old person. Like that person had to go through those things to become this person here. So who you are now is because of what you went through. And and the way that you really start making a change in your life is to be in ownership of it. Take ownership. Take ownership. Because I would say probably 70 to 80% of the, rea- the, the population, the reason why they're stuck, maybe even 90%, is that because they're in reaction to their present life, right? Where you are today, today, right now, in this moment, life is fixed. It's already done. Your bank account in this moment looks like it does. Your relationship, your house, your hair, your body, in this moment, it is what it is. So many people cannot get out of reaction to their present situation of their life. And they're waking up every day, having a reaction to the bank account or the relationship or the body or the house or whatever they don't like. And then they start taking action from a place of reaction. And that's a disempowered frequency. So you have to get out of reaction. So you get out of reaction to your starting your life today. Then you move into an aligned frame and you'll create exponentially faster. Because your life in this moment is not an indicator of the future. It's a result of the past. And that's where most people like, because if you're going to go anywhere and you're going to use your phone and Google Maps, you have to put a starting point on there. Most people are in denial or resistance to the starting point so they can never get an accurate path going. So your life, what it is right now is fixed. Accept it. Then then decide what you're going to do next. Like right there, that's probably one of the most powerful tools I can give people. It's like, it is what it is. You can be mad, whatever, and be mad and be sad and process that emotion of anger or sadness or frustration. And when you're done processing it all, then align with what you want and take the action.
0: You know, I can't think of what book it was where I read this, but there was a book and they used what I would consider kind of an extreme example, but to illustrate kind of the same idea of just owning it. And it was Tiger Woods, and the, the example was when everything went south for Tiger Woods with the, you know, affairs and, and everything, his golf game tanked for, you know, five, six, ten years, whatever. And the, the guy's point was essentially uh, that he, you know, when that happened, he played the the denial game, the blame game, the all these other things, and it spiraled out of control. And the guy's argument was essentially like, had he just owned it, said, yes, I messed up, this is what happened, this is who I am he would have the golf game would have stayed he would have stayed focused and whatever and and the analogy i mean it kind of comes full circle like when he did get back in the golf circuit was when he found like everything was finalized it was on the open and he was like yep this is this is me this is what happened uh and that's a, a kind of an extreme example but mm-hmm. it kind of brings it home to me where it's like yeah that's you know everybody makes mistakes everybody does uh you know but if you don't if you're trying to hide from it or or lie to yourself about it as alex uh that's a phrase that i've heard from alex recently about something that i need to work on for myself but uh you know it, it it's you know how how are you ever going to f- solve the problem or or move on
2: yeah absolutely like it's 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 not easy being in the public spotlight like that it's hard you know yeah yeah with, with money and people money. being thrown at you i can't imagine how difficult that is right yeah, but that's that's how much time he needed to fully process. That was his process of processing. There's no right, there's no wrong, because truth is all relative to perspective, right? If you look at a cylinder from one direction, it'll look round. If you look from another direction, it'll look square or rectangular, right? So it's there's just different levels of contrast. And every one of us is an infinite being on this energetic plane, having our own our experience. And if you want to dial into and focus on the experience other people are having as your experience will go right ahead. I choose to actually stay in my own experience. So when stuff happens in the world, the economy doesn't dictate my success. My frequency does.
0: I, I, I don't know. I, I love this stuff. I love all of it. <laughs> so um, this has been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, you did not, did not disappoint. And I really Appreciate you joining us here on the show. I don't know, Alex. Did you have any any parting questions or comments you would like to throw to the world?
3: Dude, I'm sort of in shock still, so I really apologize. I'm really internalizing everything we talked <laughs> about. Um, you know, it's sort of weird. Um, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about mindset of the last few years on this show. Um, David and I have been engrossed in a lot of personal growth, Um, I think we've done a good job of being around social circles um, that are focused on personal growth. We're in a mastermind together. Like it's not um, on the surface, you know, this is not new topic, but this definitely feels like we broke new ground in a way that's, it's going to take me a few days to, you know, articulate. So yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't know what to say, but I'm definitely feeling something new. Nice which I'm grateful for, very grateful for.
2: Happy to hear that. That's awesome. That's a great place to be. And what if this is just the starting point?
3: Yeah, I tell people sometimes when they, you know, I'm 38. um, I look much younger, thankfully. Um, But I tell people, I'm like, you know, I was sort of like a lot of, um, like a lot of people, especially Americans, sort of living month to month, working week to week on a job that I didn't really like with no plan for the future and was not inve- investing in my self growth at all. And it wasn't until about 30 that I say that I like kind of pulled my head out of my ass. And so that's when I feel like my life really started. And so I'm basically eight as far as I'm concerned. All right. I'm eight, I'm eight years old. And so sometimes too, you get into these modes where even self growth becomes so habit habitual that you, I don't know, it feels right now, like, um, like I told you earlier, like I'm going through a transformative moment in life now, and then you have these kind of um discussions and insights. So it feels like there's a lot of life. It feels like right now, like there's a real lot of life ahead and which is very makes me very optimistic.
0: I love it. And uh Alex, I appreciate you uh being the guinea pig on the show for a change. It's uh I say a change. We we, we participate equally, but uh Jason, this has been,
2: Hey, if we're talking about, if
0: we're talking about about, me, I'm very happy. Oh man. Jason, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I, I obviously need to give you the opportunity to plug where people can reach out to you (laughs) if they'd like more information.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for the invitation to be here. Um, I think the first thing you do, the number one way to get more information is this book. Um, it's also, there's also an audible as well but this is the foundation of what I'm talking about. And, and, and the more times you read this, the deeper your integration of it actually goes. I've had clients who've, who've like been in my content and reviewed it from a year ago. And then literally they just had a brand new breakthrough on it because there's, it's really high frequency content. So you can absorb as much as you can this time, but reviewing it helps. And if you're interested more, you can follow me on Instagram. I do uh, Jason Drees coaching. I put a lot of free content out there and then we do live events and I also have one-on-one coaching, but the number one way to really start to integrate this into your life is to get a one-on-one coach. That's the number one way. A one-on-one coach would talk to you a few times a month, help give you input, guidance, help you understand these processes and tools, and it really will just help you on that journey of your path to greatness and your path to financial freedom and abundance. It's the best way to do it. Hire a coach. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Uh, oh, there's one thing that I f- meant to do this episode. I told myself I was going to do it. So uh, if you're still listening, go leave us a five-star review and and tell us something awesome that you got out of the show because uh, I don't think I've actually asked for or talked about reviews once in like the last 70 episodes. So I should probably do a better job of saying, hey, we'd really appreciate a review online so that people know that the podcast is doing as well as it is. <laughs>
3: And we deserve Definitely.
0: it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military millionaire dot com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.